Hold up, I got something for you. I will uh, see your Ralph and raise you one. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, or I decided not to do it, but I actually was going to make a segment on this episode um, giving our best Christmas movies of all time. I mean, hey, I'd be fine with that. I'll do it. I mean, I kind of gave away mine just now. I, I would consider. As long as you don't throw Home Alone in there, man, I'll get outraged. I mean, hey, who knows? Hey, come on now. That's, I refuse to accept Home Alone being a Christmas movie. Are you one of those people that believes that Die Hard's a Christmas movie? <laughs> no. Yeah, good. Those people just make me angry. I know Mac probably thinks that. Oh, hey, Mac will probably say Spider-Man. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, I saw Santa in there once or twice. I, I'll consider it a Christmas movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he's in here. I... <laughs> <laughs> Mac Hummel, what's up? By the way, Spider-Man is not a Christmas movie. I don't count as that. Thank you, Mac. Man of the people. Hey, real quick, Mac. I don't know if you can see it, but would you mind telling the people at home listening what's on my shirt here? I'm not saying that. Come on now. You gotta be like that. It's like on game day, on game day, wearing a Laker LeBron AD shirt. Right in my face. Hey, I tried to tell you, and now you got to sit there and watch them drop this banner tonight, and then you got to watch us run it back again. Um, the journey starts today. Goat and baby goat. It's all fun and games till I roll up with the Trey Young and Danilo Gallinari Hawks shirt. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> if they, if someone actually made that, I'd be impressed. Hey, with Cam Reddish on the back of it. Yeah. Just put like Cam like top left corner, like just he's just there, not even doing a basketball move on the t-shirt. It's just like his uh his picture for NBA.com. Yeah. Hey, no, Mike, did you have like a an interview this morning, or did you just dress up to out chug me in a water bottle contest? I had a yeah, I had like a phone call this morning, so uh-huh. I, I had to. I was required to wear business professional, which. Meant that I was wearing shorts and then just a suit jacket and yeah. Oh yeah. Not the, not the best. The zoom fit. Yeah, the zoom fit. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead. We'll get into it. Um, and start with. We usually don't talk too much college stuff on here. I mean, we'll hit every once in a while. But I think we're all kind of on the same page with this. Uh, is Devonte Smith the Heisman winner? Yes. I, I mean, I think. They're running into the same problem as the NBA, though, where, I mean, Trevor Lawrence could easily win the Heisman because he is the best player in college football, but from a step perspective, like, it's got to be Devontae. I'd agree. I think, one, I didn't realize um, 
Amari Cooper was as dominant as Bama as he was. Like, in Devontae's, I don't know if this is updated or not, but he's like 15 or 16 so receptions behind him, and he's got less career receptions as well, um, which means they had to literally be throwing the ball to Cooper every single play when he was at Bama. And I don't remember, Mac, do you know who the quarterback was? Uh, well, it was A.J. McCarron's freshman year, and it was Blake Sims, and then it was Jay Coker. So, it was a lot of people. Hmm. I mean, but he has played less He has played less games, and Amari was the, the sole guy. Like, yeah. He didn't have Waddle. He didn't have um, Jerry Judy. Or, you know, he, like, Devontae Smith had, like, three other five-star guys around him. Amari Cooper was the sole main guy. So, to me, that's more impressive for Devontae than anything. Yeah, and I think... I think he's got it in the bag. Um, I mean, Dabo came out and said it'd be a crying shame if the Heisman didn't attract his name to Trevor Lawrence, and that was minutes before the Bama game started in which three candidates came out of that game. Um, but I, I will say I liked Trask a lot. This was the first real full. I mean, I watched the LSU game. We did with LSU. This was the first real full game I watched him. And... First of all, I think he was the best quarterback on the field, clearly, for one. Um, but I just think having three losses and losing that game obviously hurts him. So I think, yeah, we're all on the same page with Devontae, which, if that's the case, that's the second wide receiver since Desmond Howard. Now, did y'all ever actually look up what this man Desmond Howard was doing when he won the Heisman, though? Yeah, I mean, they did on the SEC game. They compared him. Devontae has... Not as many receptions because he's played one less game, but Devontae has more yards and three less touchdowns than uh, Desmond Howard. Was that total touchdowns? Because I know Desmond. Total. It was, it was he did total. he had a couple of return ones, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah, think he had three. He had three. I think Desmond Howard had a total of twenty-one touchdowns, and right now Devontae has all of eighteen in one less game. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's going to hit three touchdowns next game, but, I mean, that'd be kind of impressive if he breaks that streak. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess in terms of the playoffs, uh, it's also probably pretty simple. Do we all have another Bama versus Clemson? With I've got Bama winning it again. Do y'all have anything different? I mean, yeah. yeah. Clemson might make it close, but, like, I think this is the best Alabama team Saban's had. I know they say that every single season, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's the best. But I do. I think it's obviously going to be Alabama Clemson. I'm not sleeping on Clemson because last time we had this, it was oh well, Alabama's the best team ever, and that's when Tua was starting quarterback, and then Davis Sweeney destroyed Alabama 41-16. So I'm yeah. not gonna. So I'm not gonna say that this is the best Bama team. I think. The 2012 team was by far the best team, uh, but they are. So I'm not sleeping on Clemson. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. But if I had a pick, I'd pick Alabama to win. Hey, with all this talking he's been doing, Dabo better make sure they beat Ohio State first. Uh, I think they, I think they're gonna crush him. You think, think so? Yeah, I think they're gonna uh, crush him. You, you know my stance on Justin Fields. Uh, I think it's mainly Justin Fields and Ohio State. It's very overrated this year. Uh, they did have look, 22 guys gone, though. So, I mean... They, I, I get it. But they don't... If it, you know... 
they didn't really have any competition for that fourth, or well, I guess they're the third team, technically, because Notre Dame lost, but who else could you have put in the playoff? Like, I, I don't really know. I mean, Ohio State was pretty much a shoe-in, even though they played a lot less games, and that conference championship looked terrible against Northwestern. I know Northwestern's a good team, but you're Ohio State, and you're supposed to be on a different level than these guys. Justin Fields, he's had some pretty shaky games this year. I just don't really think they're even going to have a chance against Clemson. Uh, but who knows? I personally, I didn't hate the idea of Texas A&M getting there over Notre Dame just because I, I'm not going to be in on Notre Dame. I can't. Especially after last time what happened when they got in and played Bama and, you know, Manti Taylor had a fake girlfriend. They got destroyed. Uh, I would have rather saw Texas A&M, but I'm, I get Notre Dame. And then in terms of, I got to admit, Mike, I'm coming around on the, the Justin Fields idea. You know, at the beginning of the season, it seems like it was heavily all right Lawrence and Fields are one and two like regardless of what happens they're one and two in this next draft in my opinion honestly over the course of this season I think it's become yeah Lawrence is still that number one guy I think Fields he wasn't bad but he wasn't he wasn't great I think he's kind of falling into that pack no I was gonna say I think he's kind of falling into that pack with uh Trask and um, I'm just Bama. I, mean, I know, like, I get it. They had a very late start at the Big Ten. They didn't have a spring practice because of COVID. But it's it's a combination of the fact that Justin Fields hasn't played well this year or is at a level that people expect him to play. And you kind of throw that in there with how Trask has played, how Zach Wilson from BYU has played, how – the rise of Trey Lance, like at MDSU, like he only played one game this year, but he looked pretty good. In it. Uh, you know, and you got, you know, Mac AJ McCarron two point you know Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that he isn't at that status now where it's like okay, he's going to be a surefire number two behind Trevor Lawrence. I feel like at number two, if you're like the Jets, do you go? Hey, you know, we're gonna take Justin Fields, or are we gonna are we gonna try and take the best player off the board? Like, do what Washington did with Chase Young last year. We're like, we're gonna take the best prospect. Which yeah. is the best prospect is Trevor Lawrence, but like best remaining prospect, I guess. Which is is really tragic. I mean, you mentioned the Jets. You talk about blowing the bag. I mean, at the beginning of the season, that would have been fine when everybody thought you know it was Lawrence and Fields, but now. Winning that game, giving Jacksonville, presumably Trevor Lawrence, you're in a spot where they got to pick between all those guys you just named, which also are good quarterbacks. They're not Trevor Lawrence. I wanted to say this. I kind of had a take. I don't like how there is, and I'm sure there's a simple answer to this, or a reason. I didn't look into it much at all, and y'all might even know why, how there is no lottery in the NFL. I'm not saying it should be to the point like it is with the NBA. You, you can't have that, obviously. But I think, like, for example, say you have the, the first three teams, it's something like worst record has 50%, next has 30, next has 20. Like, I don't like having it straight up worst through uh, best. That's how the order is. Just because you hear them talk about it all the time. Players in the NFL, like, football is way too hard of a game to tank. Players aren't ever going to go out there and tank. You, you've got to do that organizationally. 
So I think it's hard to reward teams for literally winning zero games. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't like how it's set up like that. I wish they had at least, maybe if it was just only the three teams, the worst three teams that kind of competed for that first pick, I'd like it a little more. I would well, uh, I mean, I, I think it's different because basketball, you know, you got players who play both sides of the ball, you know, and you only need 15 guys on your roster. I mean, football, you got 22, 22 starters, you know, yeah. uh, and a lot of people need help. I mean, look at the Jets. I mean, the Jets, if they get Trevor Lawrence, they're, you know, must watch, must see football. You know, everyone wants to watch them play. So I think it's different because, I mean, obviously I love the lottery. I think it's a lot more fun. But I think it's different to the NFL because there's, there's a lot more, a lot more players that you need. And that's why there's more rounds. There's seven rounds. So that's my personal opinion. I think the only way you could institute, like, or add a lottery into the NFL draft would be, like, the old NBA, the NBA, like, the old NBA setup where you only include the top two teams and it's a coin flip. Like, it's 50-50. That would be the only way I could say, like, okay, that would make sense. But, I mean, if you're, like, the Jets where you're 0-16 or 1-15 and you're like, oh, we're going to get Lawrence and... You know, the third place team who won four games gets it. Then you're gonna be like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I like that. I like the coin flip between the top two. I just think, man, that that's really tragic what the Jets did, man. They. Is there like, any point? Now go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I would, like, I would get it if they beat the Raiders, but like the fact that they went out and beat the Rams, who are gonna be a playoff team. Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, I get, I get they're not trying to tank it. And like, these are people's jobs. So, like, you know, and I know Beckton came out and said if you were cheering for us to go zero and sixteen, you're not a real fan. Uh, they want y'all to be good. Yeah. And obviously, what you have right now is not good. So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence might be what they needed, and now they might not get it. Also, if they did feel like Darnold is that guy. How are you going to sell that number two pick like you could sell the number one? Being like, oh, like you can get Trevor Lawrence. Now you're like, hey, I'll give up Justin Fields, maybe Zach Wilson. <laughs> and they're like, I mean, yeah, it's good, but I'm not going to give up that much for it. It's not worth it. No. So. I, I don't know what they were doing. Uh, Blowing the bag. That's what they were doing. Um, Gase can't even do that right. This man can't coach, and they're like, okay, like maybe we're gonna get Trevor Lawrence. He's like, not so fast. Watch this. Yeah, he's like, he's like, am I a good coach now? Am I staying next year? And they're like, no. Like you're still gone. We're even more mad than we were before. Um, and I'm trying to think of while we're still here, Mac. You any update on your stance? I know it's only been two games, obviously, and one he lost. You don't want to read. Too, I'm still not gonna read too much into it. From the change in Philly and what you've seen from Jalen Hurts, how, what do you think so far? Right call, wrong call? Well, well, obviously it was the right call. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he has. It's like I have that Hurts. Carson Wentz has played bad. I mean, you, you need a change. I mean, I saw it today. I was watching Undisputed that the Dallas Cowboys were going to draft Jalen Hurts before the, but the Philly beat him to it. 
So, to me, that was kind of, kind of crazy. But, you know, you had to make the move to see what you had. And to me, I know it's too early, two games. He's given me – there's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives to Ertz. I mean, Hurts. Because, I mean, his, his long ball needs to be better. He's low-key – has, has a fumbling problem. He's got four fumbles in two games. He just lost one. Uh, there's room to be improvement. I mean, he can be a franchise quarterback if he gets his long ball better. But uh, I got to see these next two games. But it's looking like that he's going to be remain the starter going into next year, and they're going to have to trade, trade Carson Wentz. I've seen a lot of stuff that some fans want him to be a 49er, some want to be go to Indy, some want to go to New England. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff. We'll see what happens. But right now, I think uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles moving forward. That's a tough move to make, too, man. For someone to take on that contract, you one, you've got to be able to guarantee he's not going to be your backup. You can't have him making that much. Well, well those, three, those three teams I just named need a quarterback for the future. And you have to believe that how bad he's playing is because of coaching, not because of him. Like, I feel like his mental, like, he had, like there's something wrong upstairs that he just feels like he needs to prove something. And, he, and instead of just playing his game, he's forcing it or just not reading the field right. So, I mean, I feel like a part of it's coaching, part of him, you need help. I mean, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. If he does it next year, then he might have to call the bus. But, He's not at bus chili yet, in my opinion. I wouldn't say that. I mean, he's had a couple of good years in the NFL, and maybe maybe Indy is his place. The only problem with that is, you know, I think Rivers has been playing well as of late. The question is, will he retire? Do you think Indy might bring him back in for, like, another one-year deal? But that's definitely a place where they're going to have to start thinking about their future. Uh, as far as San Francisco goes, I think they've got a couple options. I mean, they can go out and get Matt Ryan if they wanted to, if they didn't want a contract like Wentz. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only hurdle is his contract that has not kicked in yet, which is wild to me that this man has played so bad this year, and they're like, oh, yeah, like we don't even have to pay this man yet. It starts yeah. next year. Yeah, there's a lot of reports out there that NFL executives still believe in Hurts that he's he's like he's just broken. That right coaching is going to fix him. Yeah, so and a, I mean, a lot of people think that. So, but I'm not saying maybe, maybe that is the problem. Maybe it's not. But I mean, he might need a new coach to decide whether or not you know he needs help or not. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if he went to Indy, he's reunited with his former QB coach, which I think would be great for him. I think. With, I think there's places that he would do well in, like Indy with Frank Reich. Then there's places I think he would do terribly in, like if Chicago decided to trade for this man. I feel like that would be a with, with their current staff would be a disaster. Because if Philly's bad, Chicago, I don't know what they've done with Trubisky. Uh, Nick Foles, I knew that he wasn't great, but the way he played this year, it was just a stagnant offense. Well, right now, Trubisky's won that job back. Like he's, he's won the job, the job back, back yeah. But are they gonna are they gonna give him that, uh, an extension? Is the question because I I think he's on the last year of his rookie deal. I mean, I'm glad that it took you know Chicago halfway through his second season to realize that David Montgomery deserves to be getting as many touches as he does. 
because uh, he's turned it into pretty good performances. But yeah, I mean, maybe they need a quarterback, but they're going to, I feel like that's more of a staff issue there. And it would be kind of, in my opinion, similar to Philly with uh, how things are run in Chicago. Mike, honestly, I'd add, I'd go ahead and add New England on that list too. I get he's going to Belichick. I get that. But one, I don't think Belichick would want to take that contract. Two, he'd be in a, not saying he's better or worse, but he'd end up being a similar situation to Cam right now. Yeah. Unless they went out and got some weapons this offseason or in the draft, which I don't know what kind of capital they have. I don't think New England would be a good spot for him either. Um, now, I will say this. I think that wide receiver class is good too. This upcoming free agency class, I know Juju, like a couple other guys are. I mean, if New England wanted to go that route, but like you said, I don't know if. New England's never been the team to really go out and spend big money on, you know, on top-tier talent like that. They kind of try and go, which, you know, it's worked in the past, but this year it hasn't worked out well, and they have no targets whatsoever for Cam and going going on, you know, with whoever's going to be quarterback next. So, Look, you mentioned Juju as a uh, free agent this year, and it's just kind of going at some low-hanging fruit at the time being. I wanted. To, I was never too. I think we talked about this before. I was actually never too too high on Juju, even back when I got he was good. But the thing for me is there was nothing that stood out about Juju. Like he wasn't ridiculously fast. Didn't have the best hands. wasn't the greatest route runner. I was always confused as to how he was as good as he is. And he's a good. He's not bad. He's had a. I don't know if y'all saw the stat that he has more TikToks made this year than he has reception yards in a game. Yeah, he's got 93 yards, 95 TikToks. That's rough, man. Um, that's another team who, and I got, <laughs> hey, I got my my, <laughs> I got my uncle coming into town. The the biggest Steelers fan I know. I I might just not bring it up, man. It, the Steelers, they might lose in the first round. <laughs> no, they are. They will. Oh man, they're not good anywhere. Like. Big Ben, I mean, last night was funny to watch. I was laughing way too hard. I'm like, they're about to lose to the Bengals without Joe Burrow, without their Joe Mixon, and without their backup quarterback, Brennan Allen. Like, they almost got ran off the field. Point. Yeah, like, they're now 17-0 to a third-string quarterback and a backup running back. I mean, I couldn't believe it. This this is a pretty good question at this point, but uh, is Juju a worse influence for younger players than A.B. was? Because I mean Claypool now he he's got he's on TikTok. Uh, Deontay Johnson got injured because of a TikTok. Like, at what point? At one point you step in as Mike Thomas like guys, you gotta quit dancing. Like you gotta stop it. <laughs> Juju has gone and danced on the logo two games in a row, and those have both resulted in pretty bad losses. I on mentioned it yesterday, man. He's in a tough spot now. Like, does he stop? I, first of all, I think yes. The answer is he has to stop. But he's going to get killed either way. He keeps doing these TikToks and they keep losing. He's getting killed. He stops to be like, ah, yeah, you got lit up one time and stop doing all those dances. Roger Goodell needs to step in and uh, make doing TikToks a suspension for players just like uh, testing positive for, like, drug tests. (laughs) If I catch Juju taking – it's like this man's probably kicked out of the league like Josh Gordon. Like, he'll have to get reinstated. And they're like, are you going to keep doing TikToks? He does. He's like, he's like, I promise I won't. <laughs> and then he'll come in 
do that fucking Corvette dance on the, you know, really hate to see it if you're a, if you're a Steelers fan at this point. You're like, you see the losses starting to pile up, you realize your team's full of frauds, and you see Juju doing this, which, I mean, you're a grown man. Like, it's, it's kind of sad. Look, friend of the pod, Nicholas Diller, was on it from day one. He was calling it way back last year. And, uh, yeah, to answer your question, yes, Mike, he might actually be worse for the locker room than Antonio Brown. I mean, they did that infamous TikTok where they were talking (laughs) a bunch of wildly inappropriate stuff in the locker room, and they were talking about, like, like raw sex versus condoms, blondes and brunettes. I I saw that. I I can't believe they posted this. And then I look at Juju and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not surprised that he <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other major. I don't want to spend. I mean, we've kind of given, at least me and Mac have, all of our predictions. They change every week because something happens. But in terms of what will happen in the playoffs, I do want to say I finally have to come off my my Browns thought. I'll give it to them. The Browns look like they could legit make a push. Depending on their road, I think the Browns can make it to the, the conference championship. Oh, my gosh. I, look. Bro, you want those guys. Like, oh, yeah, they can compete with the Chiefs. No, they'll no, get destroyed by the Chiefs. But I can think they can make it to. Stephen A. Smith thinks they have a good chance of beating the Chiefs, and I'm like, bro. No. Really? They're good, but this is, this is all I have written down for the NFL is, come on, how can you pick anyone but the Chiefs at this point? Like, they – I know Drew Brees was coming off an injury, but this game last week against the Saints, like, Chiefs are just too good, and I don't even think Mahomes played, like, that great, did he? No. I mean, and that's kind of, you know, the highest-paid player in the NFL doesn't really have to play that great for that team to be considered, you know, unbeatable at this point. They're one loss to the Raiders team. I mean, I don't really think anything of that. I mean, but... Yeah, at this point, like, how are you going to pick anyone but the Chiefs? Packers, I don't even see them being on the field against them. They lost 38-10 to the Bucks. Like, I just don't see them being anywhere close to the level that the Kansas City Chiefs are playing at right now. So, I guess, that's that's my one take for the NFL playoffs. I'll ask y'all this, just because I really do. I'm curious how far at least y'all think they could go. Um, regardless, because I'm not sure how it all set up at the moment. So, Browns at Bills. Who would win that game? Bills. 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 Bills are the second best team in the league. I'd probably agree. Um, Titans, Browns. 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 Titans don't have a good enough defense to be in. I know it's Tractor Cedo season, but, uh, I just don't see Tennessee having the defense to stop what is probably the best backfield in the NFL with Chubb and Kareem Hines. And then you also have Baker playing at a level that we haven't seen since his rookie year, which, you know, we've been saying it. they got to get rid of Odell after this year. Higgins is more than enough as a number two wide receiver on that team. Jarvis does his job, and you've got – People's Jones, you got some guys in there that are good, like receivers, and they don't really need Odell for that kind of offense because I feel like it makes Baker a worse quarterback because he's having to force it to him. But yeah, like 
Browns offense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty good. I just, you know, I feel like after the Chiefs and Bills, they would be that third team in the AFC. So you take them, even with what we've seen recently, because I think this is still a coin flip, even with the last two games, you take them over Baltimore too. Uh, I mean, Baltimore's up there. I just, there's some games where Lamar just doesn't show up. Like, look, I mean, he did against that Cleveland team, and he has, like, this past week, and, you know, if he gets hot at the right time, then maybe, but, you know, after what I saw last year in the playoffs where the Ravens looked unbeatable during the regular season, and then they lose to Tennessee, I know it was kind of, you know, playing the wrong team at the wrong time, because Tennessee was on that hot streak towards the end of the season, but... I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see the Ravens being that great of a playoff team. They kind of struggle when they're behind. I know they kind of got rid of that narrative against Cleveland, but they, you know, Lamar's never really had to come back from behind in a couple of games. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it would be a toss up. I, I would pick Cleveland in that game if it were to happen. Yeah, Mac. Uh, I normally get a lot of heat for this, but I still believe the Titans will beat the Browns <sighs> in the playoffs. No, they outplayed in the first half. Titans came back made the game, but I feel like experience beats everything. I think I trust I trust Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry more than I trust Baker Mayfield and um, Nick Chubb. I also. I also believe that Mike Vrabel is a better coach right now than Kevin Stefanski. I think Kevin Stefanski is a really is going to be a really good coach, but I think Mike Vrabel is just a tad better, and they have the experience, the playoff experience. So I'm going to go. So I think they'll win that game. And then the other one was what Browns and Ravens. Yeah. I just do not trust the Browns secondary. We saw on Monday night they they're terrible. They're not good in the secondary. Um, I still believe in Lamar Jackson. I think if they do play, that I think that the Browns would lose to the Ravens. I look. I gotta see more from the Browns. I need to see them get better on defense. I need to see Baker Mayfield in the playoff atmosphere. But I I like the Browns. I mean, they're in contention for the uh, for the division. Shockingly, you know, they could still beat out the uh, Steelers. So I hope. But right now, but right now, I take. The Titans and Ravens over the Browns in the playoff in, in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, I take them over the Titans. I think like I think Ravens is a coin flip. Um, obviously, yeah, if the Ravens they're not built, if they get down, they're not built to come back. Just Lamar hasn't proven to be able to do that. I mean, I get it, he did it versus the Browns, um, but I haven't seen enough to say he's he's proven that he's able to come back. Just with the the style of play he's going to bring. Um, so I, if I had to, I'd take the Ravens. Just because the experience, the team, the secondary, and, and to be fair, I don't know if the Browns has had, which everyone's been suffering from, so it's not anything special. But I don't think they've had Denzel or Greedy back there in the secondary for a while now. Um, so that that's definitely hurting them back there. But I'd take Ravens over them as well. Now I'm trying to think. There's, I think that's about it I had for NFL as we get started tonight with the opening tip of the NBA season after not very long at all of a break. 
I'll go ahead and start with just the games. Matt, who do you got winning the two between the matchups tonight? You got Golden State, Brooklyn, and you got the Lakers versus the Clippers. Um, if if the Clipper, uh, Clippers, if the Warriors were healthy, if Draymond and Wiseman were both playing tonight, I might have to say the the Warriors. But since they're both not playing, I'm gonna have to go to the Nets. Agreed. I mean, they just. I mean, because those two guys are huge for them. I would love to see Wiseman play, but obviously he's not. Um, I think Steph, Draymond, Wiseman would 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 have played better than Kyrie and KD. But I'm gonna have side of the Nets. I think they'll win by 10, 15 points now, knowing that those, both those guys aren't gonna play. And then Lakers and Clippers. This was a tough one for me because a part of me thinks that the Lakers are just gonna be like, you know, we have. A short break. We're not going to go 100% right now. I mean, we'll we'll go like 85, 90, but we're not going to go 100. We're still getting back into it. I mean, I feel like the Clippers are going to try to prove a point, try to tell the whole world, hey, yeah, we blew a 3-1 lead, but we're still good. <laughs> like, you know, we're still one of the best in the league. So I don't know what kind of Laker team am I giving. Are they giving me everything they got, or are they just going to be like trying to get back into it? And I do believe the Clippers are just going to try to make a statement, you know, saying, hey, we're still good. We're still that team. So uh, I don't – that one's tough to me. But if I had to pick it, just because they're, they're going to try to prove a point, I'm going to have to go Clippers barely. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers won. But I know if the Clippers win it, we're going to be talking about, oh, my gosh, is this team this team it again? Are yep. they back? And I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm going to – if I had to pick, I'd pick Lakers, but I wouldn't. I'm Clippers. I wouldn't be surprised if Lakers won though. Hey, I'm just, I'm just worried. Paul George might still have his powers. Mike, I think you said that to me. <laughs> Mac, have you seen that video? Um, no. Talking about Paul George what, testing out his powers. Hancock. <laughs> it was him shooting and probably the longest brick I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I. I mean. And as far as the Nets Warriors game goes, I feel like the Warriors are kind of in that transitional period. You know, Clay's out. You're bringing in these new guys like you know Wiseman, and you got like Kelly Oubre. Um, I just I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to go Nets this game. But when healthy, I feel like the Warriors will make pretty a, a larger impact this year than they did last year. I mean, I know Steph and Clay being out, and you had the Draymond show for a while. Um, as far as Lakers Clippers go, I gotta agree with Mac. I mean, you know, when you've got the the biggest star in the league with LeBron James, you kind of have to appease him. And I don't think he's there. I don't think they're gonna go 100% this this first game. But I would not use this as a tool to be like, hey, the Clippers are back because regular season Clippers are great. Like, don't get me wrong, but like we've seen Paul George in the playoffs year in year out. We know what he does. So, um, and after losing Montrez, it's a pretty big part of their, you know, their second team. And I just don't know. I guess they're bringing Luke Kennard, which a lot of I guess money. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, this this man's making more than Derrick Henry in the NFL. One of the best, probably the best, like running back. Luke Kennard is making more money than this man, which is. 
hilarious. I saw that Trill tweet where it's just like, Derek, please, your money's no good here. Like, you're our guest, and it was Luke Kennard. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I got Clippers in this one. I don't really think I don't really think the Lakers are going to play as hard as you would think they would. But, I mean, it's a long season. They had a short turnaround, so. I'd also go, so I've got Brooklyn. I think Steph's just going to be overmatched tonight. It might be a, a decent little spread. Uh, I think all three of those guys will perform well, including Steph, Kyrie, and KD. Steph just doesn't have enough help tonight. So I've got Brooklyn. And actually, I'll, my gut tells me one thing, but I'm actually going to agree with you guys on the Lakers-Clippers. I just won. I mean, pretty much everything y'all just said, the Lakers might not be going full out. I think LeBron will be a little rusty. I know he played a little more in the last couple games in the preseason, but... If y'all remember last year in this game, LeBron did not look like LeBron, and it had people saying some very out-of-pocket stuff. Um, I think he won't look bad, but he won't look the most explosive. Um, the Clippers obviously are going to want to prove their point, like y'all said, after coming out and doing what they did in the postseason. So I think I'm kind of with Matt. I'm with both y'all, obviously. But I'm kind of with Mac in terms of I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers won. They brought in a lot of talent. I want to see how these guys play, Dennis and – Montrez and guys like that, but I think I think the Clippers will take it in a tight one. So I've got the Clippers tonight. Um, now these season awards, these way too early season awards. We'll start with the MVP. Uh, I think I, I feel like I know at least ballpark. I mean, we're gonna have some of the same guys in the conversation, but I think I know where y'all might go. I'll start with you, Mike. MVP, who you got this season? I'm gonna go really out of pocket here. Um, Lamelo Ball. Okay. Because I, I just, the odds of Giannis winning three in a row, it's just I just don't know if they'll do that. Um, kind of, I guess it depends on where Harden's situation, like where he goes. But I feel like AD put up good numbers last year. I mean, I feel like he'll put up even better his numbers this year because, you know, I feel like LeBron, he's still playing at a high level but not as high of a level as, you know, he used to. I think he's going to start to lean more on AD. Uh, I really think AD should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Agreed. Didn't, didn't happen. I feel like this year, I feel like AD is going to come out pretty strong. You know, I've got him as my MVP candidate to start off. Hey, Mac. Um, my MVP candidate early. Um, obviously, has, the season hasn't started yet, so I don't know who to pick. But right now, my my three guys that I'd probably consider for the for the award. Luca, I mean, he's a favorite, but um, AD has to be up there, and then for that third spot. Giannis, Giannis will be in the contention every year, but he won't get it. But he'll probably finish top three in voting. But yeah, I think it's between Luca and AD for that spot. I feel like Luca's gonna. I feel like the Magic is gonna be really good this year if they stay healthy. Luca is a. I mean, like I said, I think a couple months ago, I'm on that hype train now with Luca. I like the dude. He's a baller. I think he's gonna average probably around 28 points. 12 assists, maybe like six boards, seven boards. 
you know, they'll probably be like a top four seed. But I I do like like Michael said, I think A's gonna try to prove a point. Like he's like, yo, I might be the second best player in the league. I'm I'm gonna prove it. So I do feel like LeBron's gonna try and get him more involved. LeBron's old. He won't be going as hard as much. He'll try to be feeding AD more. So yeah, I feel like those those two guys right there are my top two. But I think Giannis will probably finish top three because it's Giannis and he'll probably put up crazy numbers. And but they won't give him the award. Okay, yeah, we're all on the same page with this one pretty much, then, because I Giannis will be in the contention. There's no way after the last two playoffs, uh, and I get it's a regular season. I just think we. We won't give it to Giannis a third time in a row, even though he easily could have, once again, the best individual season. I feel like Luka's the easy and safe choice, and I wouldn't be against anyone who said Luka just because he'll average, like you mentioned, damn near a triple-double, and I'm sure the Mavs will be just as good, if not a little better, probably better than they were last season. But I'm also going to go with Anthony Davis. Um, I think... LeBron will load manage a few games this season, so there'll be a few times where he's out there on his own putting up numbers. He's going to give it to you on both ends of the floor, of course. And they've got the most televised games, obviously, of any team in the league, so we'll see a ton of them. Um, so I'm going to go Anthony Davis as well. Now this, this next one, I think, is the hardest... Well, the next two are pretty tough, but Rookie of the Year for me is tough because, and I've got I've got a take. So everybody's kind of been saying it, including y'all at one point a while back, that this class is not not as good as previous classes. Um, for example, I don't think any of these guys, and you look at over the last few years of the draft, there's been guys like that who who have been the best player on their team. I don't think, at least looking at the top, the lottery guys, I don't think any of these guys will even be the best player on their team. I really don't. I don't think LaMelo will be the best player in the Hornets. James Wiseman won't be the best player in the Warriors. Anthony Edwards won't be the best player in the Timberwolves. Um, and that makes it tough for me to pick Rookie of the Year because, I mean, like you saw, both Jai and Zion stood out clearly. You've got guys before that. You've got Simmons. you got Donovan who, who stood out clearly. I don't think any of these rookies will do that. Uh, so maybe this class actually isn't, it's looking like it isn't as good as, I mean, most people said it wasn't that great, but it's looking like it's not that great. But if I had to pick one of these guys, it's hard to go against LaMelo. <laughs> Just because it, he's going to have his highs and lows. He's going to have those nights where he shoots literally 20%, but Bleacher Report's out there posting, uh, look at this dime from LaMelo as he finished with four points, four assists, and a rebound. Um, I wanted to go Wiseman. I think he can have his role can be the biggest, playing alongside Steph, who's going to do what he does, attract all that attention. He'll catch a lot of slips. He'll block a lot of shots. Um, Anthony Edwards, I, I like him, but I don't think he'll be in that conversation, really. Mike, if you say Isaac Okoro... <laughs> He's up there for me. He, I, I've got he could be up there, but right now, I, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Lamelo. He'll probably get it. Uh, I mean, I don't really have a clear favorite. I'll give you my top three. Uh, one is an absolute wild card, but uh, I'm gonna go Lamelo, uh, Okoro, just because I feel like he 
it's not like the Timberwolves where like Cat and D'Lo are the guys, or the Warriors where you've got Steph and uh, like Ubre, where Wiseman might not be the go-to guy on their team. Okoro, he's got Sexton, he's got Love, but like it's not the same kind of team as the like you know the earlier picks, I guess. Um, where like he doesn't have as much competition for shots. Um, so Lamelo, Okoro, and my third one. Is Bull Bull. He is eligible this year. Oh, man. Uh, so I feel like he might run away with it because what we saw in limited action last year in the bubble is this man is, I, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he is, he's an elite shot blocker. He can shoot threes. No one's going to block this man. He's 7 2. Uh, I mean, I feel like. I feel like if given the minutes, Bull Bull will win that Rookie of the Year. So, I guess those are my three early favorites. All right, Mac. Um, obviously, Lamelo. I mean, he'll probably win it. I don't think he will. Cause he hasn't started yet. But as what I've seen, all he does is just throw flashy passes. That's all he does. <laughs> but. Um, I haven't really watched him play, but he'll probably be up there. I think Anthony Edwards will be up there. Um, you love him, Gabe. I really haven't watched him play. I haven't really watched that much basketball lately, but, um, but you love him, so, and he was number one overall pick, and he's not really in a good situation. I mean, it's really him and Cat and D'Lo, so I could see him thrive in that system. I don't even know who their coach is, Me but... Either. But I'm gonna get. But yeah, I'm gonna go those two, and then three. My third one. I really do like the ball, the ball one. I love I really it. Really do. But um, I'll go ball, ball. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, that, that was actually a really good, really really good one. He qualifies for it now. The potential's there. So those. I guess those are my three. Yeah. Mac, you brought up how only Lamella only does flashy passes. Is he just everyone's my career player that's just trying to get that dimer badge? Yes, that's, that's exactly. Over and over again. That's exactly this man, what it is. this man plays like every uh, 99 point guard in the rec center on 2K. Like I, you know, he'll just be standing still, and all of a sudden it's like right behind the back. I, I've never seen. He is a talented passer, but he, he lets it be known that he is a talented passer. He's got a flashy uh, pass Hall of Fame already. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's I like that guy that spams circle every time. Just trying to prove a point. Start the fast break. Does it like a kick pass, you know, down the court NBA street style. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, there's a time and a place for flashy passes. This man's like... Every time. time. Yeah, all the yeah, time. Every time, all the time. He made one three in the corner, and then he started talking trash to the bench. I'm like, bro, you're like one for six. Like, you're one for six. Hey, MJ's sitting there like I love it. You know, one day I feel like MJ's going to come down from, you know, from up in his box like at practice. Lamelo's going to try and do like a flashy pass. This man's going to punt it across the court. Like, do not. This man's going to come out of retirement and just bully LaMelo Ball like he did with Kwame Brown. <laughs> no, I will say he's probably already 
a top 15-ish, maybe even 10-ish. I'm not, I don't, I can't name all the names. Passer in the league already. Um, but man, that shot needs some work. It, this, this class, there wasn't a slam dunk player like there usually is. Um, every single one of these guys that were a lottery pick, they have, they have, certain things that they excel at, but there's one big piece missing in their game. Lamelo, Okoro is an outside shot. Uh, you know, Anthony Edwards is consistency. Is that a Layla appearance? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Layla joins. No, and then even, I mean, you said Edwards was consistency. The thing with Wiseman is that he just hadn't – we hadn't seen him play enough games. He missed an entire pretty much college season. I love that. I'm kind of upset I didn't pick. That Bobo pick's a good pick, Mike. <laughs> Bobo's a good pick. I'm going to have to go with that, add that to my list. Thank you. Um, and then this one – okay, this one right here is going to be near impossible to pick, honestly, just because, like, how would you have any idea? But if you all had to toss some guys in – for most improved player of the year. I I would say two names that I would give. I like SGA. I like Shea without Chris Paul after having a year underneath him in Oklahoma City where they may not be too successful, so that might hurt him. But I'm sure he could put up numbers. And I actually like a lot the idea of Zion as most improved. I like that a lot. I think he, I mentioned to y'all earlier. I think Zion will be top five in the league in scoring. He did twenty two and a half last season. Um, he says he's in better shape. He he, they've surrounded some good pieces for him. Stephen Adams at center, so he won't be running center as much. I think Zion will be up there. Um, yeah, that's those are two guys. If I had to give two, I think like I said, I think Zion will do twenty eight near twenty seven. 28 points a game this season. Um, any names that come to mind when y'all think of it? Um, I mean, his, yeah. his teammate, his teammate Lonzo Ball, I think he, uh, he'd be a good candidate. I thought and of him. Also, I also thought of Tyler Hero, too. I mean, we all love Tyler Hero, but I, he made, what, second team all rookie or, or first? I want to say. Um, go ahead. I'll look it up. Say, I want to say second, but I can see him making great strides this next uh, this next year. Try to get into that uh, that all star um, consideration. So I can see him improving a lot moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I got. Yeah, I got to agree with. Well, I got to agree with both of y'all. I think it comes down to. SGA, you know, and OKC, he's going to have, I mean, he played great last year. He's already got a bigger role now with Chris Paul gone. Uh, and then, you know, I think it'll be the battle with the teammates. You got Zion, you got Lonzo. Um, I saw that thing, J.J. Reddick's been, t- or he told Lonzo every day to start shooting the damn ball. Like, Lonzo, I feel like has started to, I think his shot's fixed from whatever it was in Los Angeles, I you know I think that not only will both Zion and Lonzo, you know, 
Zion played well last year. It was just he didn't play much. Yeah. It was when he played. I feel like with that minutes cap off of him, I feel like he's, Gabe, like you said, I feel like he'll be in that 25-ish range of points per game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged over 10 rebounds. Um, not only that, I think this Pelican team is going to—it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Because I mean, you got Bi too, like you said, they got Stephen Adams, um, Kiro Lewis from Alabama is going to be pretty good off the bench, I think. Um, Bledsoe's there. I don't know what they might try to move Bledsoe, maybe, because I, I just don't really see the need to have him with the amount of guards that they have. Because they also have Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, but yeah, I think the Pelicans team is going to play well, and it, it'll mainly be. I feel like Zion and Lonzo that could be the candidates for MIP. Okay. Yeah, and Mac, he was, Tyler Harrow was second team all rookie. And I don't know if y'all saw this morning, Lonzo needs that season because the Pelicans, what? They decided they didn't extend him. Um, so he'll be a restricted free agent this upcoming season. And we were just talking about that the other day. Like, how much would you give Lonzo at this exact point? And I think we all agreed. You want to see another season of what he can do because he's been – for a better word, I mean, inconsistent might not be the word. He's shown lacks of aggression here and there. So if he can get even in contention for most improved, that'd be big for him and getting his bag. Um, and now for the season projections, we'll just stick to. And if you have any thoughts on other teams while we're here, you can throw them in. But we'll go to conference finals on each end the last four teams and i'll start with you mac who who do you see being those last four on each side okay so uh, that's tough for the east but the west obviously the lakers i mean they're the best team in the league um their opponent it's tough I'm thinking the Nuggets again, a rematch. Okay. But I might have to say, I might have to go to the Mavs. I like the Mavs a lot, but I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to go Nuggets. It's going to be a rematch of last year. And I think Lakers will win it in six. And they didn't win in five last year. Maybe, I think one So I'll give it in six. Yeah, it was five last year. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll go six. Okay. On that side, I would go – and here's what's tough about it is I don't know who's going to match up with who where, obviously. Like, I don't know when the Lakers and Clippers might meet if it'd be just based off seeding where each all these teams would meet. Um, because, for example, if for some reason the, the Nuggets matched up with the Clippers again um, – in the semifinals, I'd take the Clippers this year probably. But, and if, maybe if it was a Mavs, same thing. So I'll go, I'll go Lakers-Clippers. We'll get what we wanted last year. I, I'll go Lakers-Clippers. Obviously, I'd have Lakers advancing at six or seven. I'll, I'll say six. I just think, I like Dallas. I do think if we extended it to the last four on each side, I would have those four in the semifinals, the Lakers, Clippers, Mavs, Nuggets. Like I said, I don't exactly know what the seeding will look like, which is also something that will be interesting just because it won't be interesting from the fact that we still probably won't have fans and they'll probably have a bubble, but it will be interesting in terms of the matchups and who you'll have to play to get where. 
Because regardless of who you are, like even me being a Lakers guy, you could kind of made the argument last year that their path to the championship helped them out a lot. So that could be key, who you got to play to get there. But I would take, without knowing that, I'd take Lakers and Clippers, and I'd take Lakers making it from the West. I got to go Lakers Nuggets. Um, you know, and I'm, I might have a different reason for why the Nuggets. I feel like they're very much in play for James Harden. Uh, I think that he could be a Denver Nugget by the time the playoffs roll around. Uh, but yeah, like I just the way that they played last year, they've got probably the one of the best young cores in the league. I mean, you got MPJ, Bull Bull coming off the bench, and you got Jokic, you got uh, Jamal Murray played incredible in last year's playoffs up until their elimination. But yeah, I mean, Lakers, they're the Lakers, it's LeBron and AD. Uh, adding Schroeder, I think, does so much more for them than having Rondo on there, I think, because I feel like he's a little bit more of an offensive threat. And you got guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, who I feel like will be a pretty vital player on that bench this year. Um, you got Caruso, obviously. You got Montrez. They they added some pretty good pieces. Marc Gasol. Um, you know, I, I, just, I just don't really see anyone beating the Lakers um, in the West, at least. I don't know how the East is going to shake out, but I feel like it's it's the Lakers to lose, you know, starting off this season. So, I kind of do want to get into that now that you mentioned it, Mike. Um, so there's, and we talked about a couple packages. Mac, there's no package where you throw in two of those four guys between Michael Porter, Bo Bowl, Jamal Murray, and Jokic to get James Harden back. Absolutely not. After hearing about James Harden's style and everything, I would I like the Nuggets where they are. Okay. I like their young core. Yes, I know how good James Harden is, but the dude is seems to be the one that arguably more toxic than Kyrie Irving, which is crazy to me. So That's I would want thing. I wouldn't even touch James Harden. I wouldn't even look his direction. That that report that came out about James Harden, and he created the culture that he complains about Houston. Um, I don't know. I I just think after that, it's going to be really hard for Houston to move him. I'm saying that from the standpoint of, I think after Miami backed out, Denver has the best package of anyone. I mean, unless Sixers are like, we'll give you Ben Simmons. And even after that, I would much rather have Jamal and maybe MPJ uh, if you're building. Because, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm just saying that from the standpoint of if Denver felt like they needed James Harden to get over the Lakers, which, honestly, I would keep your young core in place and I would be like, look, we're going to maybe wait this one out because – by the time LeBron does decide to hang it up or is kind of reaching the end of his career is when a lot of those guys will be in their primes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, you know, who's to say they can't use a couple of players here and there to go after a different player that's not James Harden that might fit the culture in Denver that would still help them win. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I would personally keep the core in place – you know, unless you're sure that James Harden will come in and be, 
you know, a good teammate and buy into what they're doing there. I feel like Mike Malone wouldn't take any shit from James Harden. Um, he wouldn't take anything, like, take any of the stuff that he tries to pull in Houston. But, I mean, if that makes him an unhappy person that makes the locker room, you know, affected by it, then I, I just wouldn't see the point in doing that. Yeah, if you think, if you think your window is as long as it could potentially be in Denver, which I think that's kind of where I lean towards making the move because, and Mike Trill used to talk about this, these team windows are never as long as these teams think. Like, you look at the Nuggets roster and you say, yeah, for the next 10 years they can contend. They've got all these young guys. I personally just don't think that's realistic. You look at what's going on, for example, in Philly, and they're already, they've been, it's been three or four, and they're talking about we need to move off one of these guys soon. Um, and Boston's closing too. Boston's I mean, is closing. I don't think I don't look at it as oh yeah the Nuggets have these young pieces they'll be able to contend for the next ten years. I just don't think with with contracts and with injuries and with how things work in the league I don't think it's a realistic way to look at it. So the only reason I make the move is you think we can do this thing within the next three to five because I think Harden can still give me three to four good Harden years. And it would be tough for me to come off two of those guys, but even if it say it was smaller, like you said, the cupboard might be running a little drier for Harden just because of how he's been acting. So if I can come off a one and some wings, like if I can come off Michael Porter Jr., a couple picks, and Gary Harris, and uh, some I'm other, that. I'd consider I that. Wouldn't up, I wouldn't give up uh, a combination of you know like Murray, Jokic, Bull, and Porter. I would. I wouldn't give up two of those four. I would give up one of them and then some picks because just with everything that's come out about James Harden and how he acted in Houston, I just don't think I I don't think that Houston's going to be able to get what they're asking for for him. Um, you know, I just it's just starting to look a little more bleak for Houston if they expect. I know they expected a first round like a. A franchise cornerstone is what they they stated, and you know picks. Um, you know Denver is probably their best shot, unless you know Brooklyn or Philly decided to give up one of their stars. I just you know I don't know. I feel like they kind of dug themselves into a hole with this situation. This is what New Orleans was saying too. Back with Dems is the longer and longer you put off doing this, the worse the situation gets. And I know Houston thinks, okay, maybe if we wait till the deadline is his his value will possibly even increase at least stay the same that's just not true the longer you wait on these situations the more that comes out it seems like that's that's kind of what thins out the market for him um now james harden's obviously he's still top 10 top five maybe even player in the league so you'll still be able to get something for him but yeah you're not going to get back james harden um now to go to the east I think the East is interesting, and I, I told y'all this, uh, my take about the Nets, where I think I think the Nets will be overrated this season. And that's not a knock on Kyrie and KD. I think Kyrie and KD will be fine. But it stems from the fact that I think this will be the first season, in my opinion, I actually think, maybe not from top to bottom, but in terms of the all the teams that will be competing I think the East might be better than the West, which is weird to say only because I still think there are better players in the West. I just think 
to start, for example, I'd go. I'll put Brooklyn in there, but I'll go Brooklyn Philly. Is who I would have, and I actually think. Hey, look, I've been riding with Philly to their grave for the last three seasons. I think Philly. I think they can make it this season. I would actually take Philly. Um, so I'd have Philly, LA in my finals. I just think I might put the Nets four or five in the East. I really might. I might have Boston having a better regular season than them. Philly is always iffy, but I mean, we know, I'm sure they'll stay the same way they were at home at least, which is dominant. I might have Philly ahead of them. Uh, Miami, we'll see what they do. I'm still, the Bucks are always going to be good in the regular season with Giannis. So I don't think the Nets will be bad. I just don't think they'll be as great as everybody projects. So I'd take Philly versus Brooklyn in my finals, and I'd actually have Philly making it to the finals versus the Lakers. And, of course, I got, I'm got i riding with purple and gold to another one. Um, uh, Mac, what are you thinking on the East? I think Philly is missing one piece. I mean, I'm looking at their team, and I'm like, well, they got – they're missing one piece to me. They're missing like a power forward starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons, but he's more of a point guard than a power forward. Um, they have shooters. I like the Seth Curry edition, Dan Green edition. They have a. They don't really have. Who's their backup point guard? TJ McConnell? No, he no. He, he does the Pacers. Who's the Shake backup? Milton. Shake Milton. Shake Milton. Yeah. See, um, I think they're high on Shake, and they. They drafted another point guard from Kentucky that they're Maxi. Maxi. Tyrese Maxi was good. More of a combo guard, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. They're really they're really high on him. So to me, they're they're still young. They're still young. I don't think they're there yet. I think they need one or two more pieces for me to say that they're a contending team. They'll obviously finish top four. They're, I mean, they haven't lost at home in two years, so that's kind of crazy. I mean, they're 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 a good home team. That'll, put, that'll be a huge factor going to the playoffs. But to me, it's going to be Nets and Celtics. I think the Celtics did a great job with adding Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson to their bench and replacing them with, um, who is their backup point? Wanamaker and Cantor. Those are two huge upgrades. They let Gordon Hayward walk, which I'm not happy about, but obviously, I mean, he won like 40, like an uh, insane amount. And they made the conference finals without him. So, I think the Celtics are really good. They're, they have they have the coach. They have the starting five. They have the team. I think they'll make the conference finals again. And to me, they're to me they're, they're better than the Nets. I mean, KD will probably have have a freaking series and drop like average like thirty six points a game. But to me, I think Celtics win that in seven, and I got a Lakers Celtics rematch in the finals. Purple and gold win it again, Mac. Is that what I'm hearing? I don't want it to happen. <laughs> will it happen? Yes, it more likely will happen. But I'm going to take it to my credit that they're not going to win until I see it. I mean, so. yeah, I, I mean, I agree with kind of what y'all are saying. I got Philly and Boston in mind. Uh, and Gabe, going back to what you said earlier, you feel like the East might be better. I think from top to bottom, is the, I feel like the West does have the better teams, like up at the top, but one through eight, East, they always seem to have a competition for that eight seed. 
I feel like it'll be even tougher this year because you got teams like Atlanta, you got teams like even Orlando. They might drop out, but they added Cole Anthony. I, you know, I think that they've got some pretty good pieces there. Indiana obviously is always in it. It depends. I guess it depends on what uh, they end up doing with Oladipo and kind of what he wants. But, but yeah, top to bottom, East is better. Or you know, I guess more. There's more depth than the East in that list. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, But yeah, Philly. Morey came in and did exactly what we what people have been wanting for years for Philly. That's add shooters to surround around Ben Simmons. Um, that, yeah, Seth Curry is like, I mean, he, what, it doesn't he have like the highest three point percentage? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he does. And you got, I mean, Embiid, I mean, he's good when he plays. Uh, I think not only Maxi, but they drafted Isaiah Joe from Arkansas. I think he shot like 45% from three at Arkansas. He was all SC or all freshman, uh, or all SEC freshman. His or yeah, a couple years ago, I think that they've added depth on the bench that they really needed. They got rid of some of those bad contracts with, you know, Horford. Um, I think Philly's kind of the team to beat in the East. Boston, I mean, they added what they needed. They needed a big man that can go up and get rebounds, and that is exactly what Tristan Thompson does. Uh, as long as he doesn't try to pull that crap like go coast to coast like he did that one play, <laughs> uh, shot that half court off the backboard. Um, I feel like he'll be a great addition for Boston. Uh, yeah, they just, I mean, I'm going to say Philly over Boston, and I've got Lakers beating the Sixers. But I think that it's same thing with the Nuggets. I do not think that they need to trade and beat or Ben Simmons. I feel like they've. Yes, they are one piece away, but like I don't really think they have to sacrifice one of their stars for that piece. Um, I mean, I don't know. So. I, this is kind of a similar thing. I actually would agree with y'all if I knew, just like I said in the West, how everything would match up. Because, for example, when I say Philly versus Brooklyn, that, okay, say Philly meets... Boston in the semifinals, I take Philly. But at the same time, if Boston met Brooklyn in the semifinals, I might take Boston. So I might also have Philly versus Boston because I do like Boston a lot. Like you mentioned, they added Tristan Thompson. I can't remember the exact amount of years, but I know adding Tristan was the first time in at least a decade that Boston's had a double-digit rebounder. So that's huge. Um, So I take, yeah, I still, it depends on how it all matched up. But I would have Philly coming out. And I wasn't going to get too into it just because that's going into depth. But since you kind of mentioned it a little bit, and it's going to be tight down there on both sides, I'm going to go ahead and who y'all have, who's going to be just in and just out on each side? Because you mentioned Orlando. I think the dark horse this year is Toronto because they didn't make very many moves. I think they'll be in. But I don't know where they're going to end up in the East. Um... In the East, I I don't know where Indiana ends up this year. You mentioned Atlanta, who I think will be in. Orlando, I think, will just be in. So for me, I would say that would be just kind of naming the teams that I'd have in there. We have Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, 
Toronto, Miami, that's six. And then, yeah, I'd go Atlanta. And I'd go Orlando in the east. That'd be my eight. Um, from those, do y'all have any changes? Anybody you'd add or subtract? My, my last two in would be Atlanta and Washington. Um, I think Russ and Beal will be a good combo, I think. Um, I just don't know about Orlando. I mean, I know they got Cole Anthony for a lot under where people expected him to go at the start of the, at the start of the college season. At least. Um, I mean, they've got some interesting pieces. It's just that there's, I wouldn't be surprised too, if they do try to move on from Vucevic or Gordon, uh, this year, because I mean, they have a lot of forwards. They've got Chuma coming in. I don't, I mean, he's not ready to come in and start, you know, in the starting five or anything, but I feel like they're in the same position as Indiana where they might be encouraged to move one of their top guys and bring in a little more core pieces into their lineup. Um, so I, I would say I think Atlanta and Washington are more geared towards they're not going to have to make any, like, selling moves at the deadline. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, you know, I don't – any particular order, but I would just say Atlanta and Washington at 7 and 8. Okay. Matt? Um, I mean, it's a little tricky because – I don't know how good a watch this is going to be. They're really young. Um, they have two stars and Russ Westbrook and Beal, but they really are young everywhere else. Um, because we all know the Nets, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Heat are all getting in. So that's six right there. So there's two, t- the final two spots end up between Washington. Toronto, Orlando, and Atlanta. And that's four. So two are going to be out. Um, I think Charlotte. Did I say Charlotte? Yeah, I think I just said Charlotte. Charlotte's going to be out, but then that last spot's going to be tricky. Um, I think Toronto is going to squeak it. Uh, I don't know. Toronto's tough this year, man. They didn't really do anything. And Did they lose Surge? They lost Gasol. Did they lose Surge? They lost yeah, Surge, Surge, too. Surge at the Clippers. Yeah, I don't know then. I just don't know if Toronto, I mean, they didn't make, I mean, they signed them lead back, which I think was big for Toronto, but I don't know. I just don't know if they, like you said, Gabe, I don't think they added enough to, they didn't make as, they stayed put while a lot of these Eastern teams made moves that were big for their, you know, for their organizations. Toronto kind of stayed put. I know Masai knows what he's doing, but I, I just don't know. I feel like this, he was a little too patient with this offseason. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. And like um, we said, this is this can be flexible because literally we just kind of we're just kind of doing this. The season hasn't even started yet. We'll we'll change this, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I don't think I like Washington, and I don't think Toronto will do it. So I'd have Washington and Atlanta down there. I'd go ahead and put Toronto out because that was a good mention, Washington Mike. Just because Russ, regardless of what he does in the playoffs, he's proven that he'll get you into the playoffs. Yeah. So I'll take those two. I mean, he's going to put up the regular season stats. I mean, Russ always has. Uh, you know, and Beal, Beal's a great – I think Beal's the main 
scoring option on that, you know, in that five. And then they drafted Dumi, the, the guy from Israel, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you got Rui Hachimura coming back. I think that they've got, I think Thomas Bryant's still there at center. I think they've got a pretty good young core. So. All right, Matt. So who gets in? Who gets out? You named the four. Um, my last spot. Who's my last spot? Uh, I th- I guess I gotta give Washington. Hate. I think they'll do so squeak in. I don't think Alabama's gonna make it this year. I think they'll go A and then I think Washington. <laughs> I think Washington makes it, and then we'll get swept in the first round. Probably. Actually, no, I'm not even going to get into that because we could, this thing could go on forever. But, hey, a Washington at an eight seed versus Milwaukee at a one seed again, that might be a series, man. Just because I don't, I really might. I don't know if I trust Yanni. Milwaukee won't be the one seed. They probably won't. They're not as good as people think they are, in my opinion. Okay. It's a lot like you starting off three and zero in fantasy. I think Milwaukee needs to come out and be like a five seed and just be like, "Hey, like we're not the favorites this year." Look, I guarantee you, I'm dropping a game next season to start. Yeah, I'm not going three and zero again. <laughs> just gotta start off. Hey, zero and one, you'd be like, "All right, clean slate." <laughs> here we are. Um, in the West, and then we'll get up out of here. So, we'll, we'll name the obvious ones, of course, the LA teams. Denver, Dallas, Utah always finds a way in there. So Utah, it's tough because who knows what happens with Houston, but I'll say Houston, that's six. And then we get down to our our Golden State, our New Orleans, our Phoenix. Um, If there's anyone else I'm missing, y'all go ahead and name them. But those are the first three that come to mind. Memphis, exactly. Memphis as well. Sacramento, maybe. I mean, I know they added Halliburton. I know they might try and move on from Buddy Heald. But, I mean, they're always kind of at that, at that cusp. That, you know. But, I, I you think there's six for sure guys. There's six for sure teams. You know? yeah. It's that last two that's the, that's the problem. I think the Houston's not going to make it. They're going to trade James Harden. And... Apparently they've opened up with the Nets. Trade dogs back with the Nets. I think. Well, that's a topic for another time. But it depends what they get for James Harden. But as of right now, I don't see. Uh, I don't see the Rockets making it this year. I think OKC is not going to make it. Phoenix, Phoenix will make it. So that's one of my teams. It will come down to I guess what did last year. Between Memphis and New Orleans for that final spot. Um, Did you say Golden State? Oh snap! It's Golden State. Never mind. Oh, that's tough too. Oh. I know. Can Steph? I think Steph will be able to get him in there. I would go. Okay, with your setup, I toss out Houston and I'd have Golden State, Memphis, and Phoenix. That's that would be mine. Wait, but there's two teams. Jeez. Uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, for me, it was, look, there were, okay, we're going to start from start from the beginning. The L.A. teams, that's two. The Nuggets, that's three. Jazz, that's four. Um, 
Utah. Oh no, that's that's the Jazz. That's four. Then we've got Dallas. That's five. And then I've got. I forgot you said Portland was going to finish like a three seed this year. I said they're going to finish three seed. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm sticking by that. They're finishing three seeds. But that's six right there. So you got to pick between the Suns, the Golden, Golden State, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. That's Four. extremely tough. And you got to pick two of them to make it, two not to make it. All right. I got both LA's, Denver, Utah, Dallas, Portland, Golden State. Give me Phoenix. Okay. Is that eight? Because I feel like the way they played last year, they add Chris Paul. Like they've got. I feel like Chris Paul is going to get a lot out of DeAndre Ayton too, which is great for them. They already know what they have in Booker. I feel like Ayton hasn't taken that next step yet. You got guys like Cam Johnson that started to play well in the bubble. Um, yeah, give me Phoenix, New Orleans, New Orleans, and. Memphis are right there, but I feel like they're just too young at this moment in time to be. I don't think they have. New Orleans just doesn't have that veteran piece yet, I guess. They got rid of Drew Holiday, which was that piece. And I guess now their only veteran is Steven Adams, a real veteran, I guess. The strongest man so, in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Zion, even Zion said that man's strong. I mean, that that's an issue. But, but yeah, I, I would say maybe next year for, for New Orleans. I'm trying. You know, Go ahead, Mac. I don't, know, I don't know about Golden State though, because Draymond and Wiseman are starting off the year hurt. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be like last year where they're gonna, just gonna be bouncing off injuries and they're just gonna be like putting out a squad out there randomly. I don't know. Like I don't know what I'm getting with Golden State on a nightly basis. But at the same time, if they're gonna be, yeah, I agree with you. If they're gonna be healthy, it's tough to keep Steph completely out. But alongside with, you said, Wiseman and, and Draymond, you know Steph's going to have his ankle or maybe wrist tweak and miss maybe 10 to 15. Yeah, like, I, that's like, if they're healthy, I'm putting them in. But I don't know what I'm getting with them on that basis. Now, if Clay was hurt, if Clay was 100% healthy, then they might be the, the Lakers, which is what makes me mad But I Clay got hurt again. But, Slow down now. Slow down. Uh, no, no, you know, and I know, and they would have, they would, they would have given the Lakers a run for their money because Clay, Steph, Draymond, Wiseman, and Wiggins, and they have Wiggins. Did you? Oh. They could move Wiggins. They could move Wiggins <laughs> for a piece of the deadline too. Like I mean, you know, I, I think that they've got. If they had Clay, that would be a lot more dangerous. But now, like you're having to use Wiggins as a consolation, which. Wiggins is okay, but he's nowhere near Clay Thompson. No. Um, but yeah, I'm like, saying, as, as a healthy guy, they 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 could get the Lakers run for their money, but they're not. They could do damage. I'd have them top four. I don't. I think they're definitely top two. They're definitely. I'd top put two. them. I'd put healthy. them behind the Lakers. I, it'd be Lakers and Golden State as the one two seats. I think. I don't hate it. I do. I will say. I think we just capped on this podcast because we literally just said how much better. The East was in the West, and then yeah, we got. We, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we, <laughs> we had such a difficulty putting the last four in. Oh my gosh! Okay, we're, uh, like, we're like, dang, there's so many teams that could have been playing for the West. In the East, we were like, oh, Atlanta and Orlando. Yeah, sure. maybe Washington. Yeah. We're like, no problem. Everyone else sucks. <laughs> oh. I don't even know. Uh, and who 
knows? Maybe Minnesota, maybe D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Cat can figure it out. <laughs> I just what don't. It's hard for me to put, after the season they both had individually as well as the teams, it's really tough for me not to put Memphis with Ja or New Orleans in the playoffs this season. Um, They're not going to make it. Neither one of them? Memphis ain't going to make it. They're not going to make it. My final team is going to be the Suns. That's it. Pelicans don't make it. Grizzlies don't make it. Yeah. Calling it. Phoenix. Phoenix has a window, too, though, now. Because, I mean, you know, Chris Paul's aging. Uh, but Chris Paul, that man, everywhere he goes, he wins. He's going to win it in Phoenix. I mean, I, they're definitely going to be a playoff team. How far they get in the playoffs remains to be seen, but they will definitely be a playoff team, in my opinion. Because they've, they've had the core for years. They just needed that one piece to take them over the top. And Chris Paul adds so much that Rubio cannot do, obviously, that I think that, you know, I, I think it's just too hard to say Phoenix won't make it. I feel like, you know, in the case of Memphis and New Orleans, they're just not, they're good, but I think you just got to give them time. They they don't have to win now, which yeah. I don't think that they'll, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. But give, give them a little bit. Hmm. Well, last thing, and we mentioned it when we were starting. I don't know if you were in here because I didn't know when you got in here, Mac. But before we get out of here, give us, give me your some of your best. I'll start with you, Mike. Christmas movies of all time. Give me one, two, three, however many you want. Give me some some classics. All right, uh, number one, extremely easy for me. I got Christmas Vacation. Yes. Uh, family favorites so many quotes from that movie uh it that's that's the one movie i have to see every christmas break is christmas vacation um number two uh give me give me a christmas story uh i know every year at our house, it's on all day on TBS, all day, every, you know, all Christmas Day. Number three, see, this is a toss-up. Number three, give me Elf. Uh, huge Will Ferrell fan. I gotta put Elf at my number three. Uh, I, you know, I it I never it never gets old. Uh, I, I would say honorable mentions. You got Home Alone slash Home Alone Two. Ah, uh, uh, come on now. Hey, I don't know how you think that's not Christmas. <laughs> I don't know how you think that's not Christmas. It doesn't. No, they're not. They're not Christmas movies. No. How? Uh, why not? It's it's at Christmas time. That's not what qualifies a Christmas movie. The theme of the movie has to be Christmas based, not just the timing happening. Like I can't just take any movie that was put out in the winter and be like, oh, it was it's a Christmas movie. I refuse to believe it's a Christmas movie. Well, to that I say y'all y'all are wrong. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I think it is. Uh, oh, so 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 you think so you think it's okay to watch Home Alone in March? <laughs> what would you say if I was like, what what would you say if you texted me in April and you're like, what are you watching? I was like, Home Alone. Like, what would you you say like, no, you watch that during Christmas. You can't just watch. That's how I determine it's a 
a Christmas movie. It's like, would I watch this in February? No, I would watch it in December. I think it's more, I think the problem for me is more that if I do qualify as a Christmas movie, it completely destroys my ranking because I can't have like a Home Alone 1, 2, and 3. I, I use that as like a combo. Like Home Alone 1 and 2 would be like my honorable mention. Like either one of those I feel like would be an honorable mention. That's not my top three. Christmas, but Christmas Vacation is above and beyond like the best Christmas movie in my opinion. So. Okay. I'd switch my 1 and 2. I like either, I'd switch my one and two. Christmas Vacation is a classic. I go. I'm a big, the Christmas Story guy. That's my number one. Um, and then of course you got, The Grinch. Oh, <laughs> Jim Carrey or the uh, Jim Carrey or the the live ABC musical that just came out. Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's my three. I. I'm not going to give an honorable mention. There are too many good Christmas movies. I'll say it. Uh, yeah. Mac, what you got? Well, I think three's a little too too little, so I'm going to go top five. Okay. So my five, number five, come in number five, I got The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. You can't just not... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. How do you not watch The Santa Claus? Oh, I, I Don't you dare, Mac, don't you dare say it. Don't you dare say Spider-Man. Actually, that actually can I make an adjustment? I'm gonna toss a Charlie Brown Christmas into my three. So, great selection. Surprise! No Polar Express though. Polar Express scared me. (laughs) Child. So, yeah, I I just also I don't know. I just associate Polar Express with like a very bad like intermediate school Christmas party with some like very cold hot chocolate like I, I don't you know I, I wouldn't really associate Polar Express with any good Christmas time things so I, I guess uh, I mean the movie itself isn't bad it's just I, I have a bad you know association with it so that's fair trauma yeah um alright so I think <laughs> I think that's all we've got <laughs> As always, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Mike couldn't believe it. If I, you... couldn't believe, I couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't believe it. 
if you've made it this far on one of our, our longer episodes to close out the year, I uh, appreciate you as always. We will be back next year. Um, and NBA starts today. Hope everybody has a happy holidays. No hat. We're out.